If you're asking me, Victor Hovland should get player of the year. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, listen. Well, you just don't like Rory, and he's. Well, I hate Rory. We'll get into that. Uh, I really hate him. Oh, like, really? I mean, I really dislike him. Are you custom made, custom paid, or you just custom fitted? Welcome to another Fits with the Founder. I'm your founder, Nick, and I'm here with Cassie as always. Hola. So. Uh, we had a big week this last week. Tiger Woods was on the golf. It was to say one person had a big week and it was you. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted. Um, just do the fact I did. I turn on my TV in my office probably like three times a year. Yeah. Um, just to have played in the background. I had Tiger play in the background. As one does. Yes. So, uh, it was good to see him. Obviously you could tell his physical, He's walking better. He's yeah. better. He played four rounds, which is great. That's better than most, uh, or better than, you know, we've seen in two years, obviously. But you could tell late in the rounds, he got tired. tired it got yeah. better each day, though. Yeah. So I think over time, if he can play like once a month, which is what he kind of hinted at being able to do, mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to see. Yeah, I mean, he finished even par, and he was averaging 305 yards off the tee. So yeah. my dude came out swinging, literally. Yeah. He was sweating hard. Did you see yeah, him? Yeah, he was. Like, you can tell, like, okay, I'm out of shape to a degree. You don't think of Tiger Woods being out of shape, but you can tell it was it was strenuous on him. That's good, though. I think he's just going to continue to do it. I think he looked like he was having fun. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm excited to see what could happen. Uh, a little disappointed that he said uh, Charlie can't caddy for him. Um, because Charlie's got a, a school obligations. But, yeah, God uh, forbid that kid gets educated. Yeah, he can't, <laughs> he can't play hookies, apparently. But, um, you know, because a lot of people don't remember, Tiger doesn't have his normal caddy because he let him go, based, not let him go in a bad way. No, no, no. He's just ways, not yeah. going to play as much, and he was going to let him go have a, a different person. So he's still in limbo on a caddy. I can't remember who he had now. Rob. Like, yeah, Rob. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know who will go in the future. But it's going to be great to have Tiger Woods back out in 2024. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, so... Obviously, Nick was talking about the Hero World Challenge, which just happened. Scotty Scheffler ultimately won the Hero World Challenge. So he's actually the last two years in a row, he's had back-to-back runner-ups in this tournament. So he finally, like, third time's the charm. Yeah. Um, so good for him. And we already talked about Tiger a little bit on that. I do I do want to say that I that it's a little bit like I, the hero. I like the hero. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to expand the field. Okay. Like, for me, here's my issue with it. You get, like, I do like to keep things as kind of like equality is like, like things to make common sense to a degree. You get world rankings for this event. It's an invite event to whoever Tiger wants. Mm -hmm. There's no cut Mm -hmm. and it's a small field and you can be Will Zalatoris and shoot plus nine for the week and get world, world points. But yet you can go, you can go play a live tour event with some of the best players in the world and get nothing. Sure. And so that does drive me a little, there's a double standard there. Now, listen, at the end of the day, it is what it is and I'll always be that way. But, uh, I do think if I were tiger and I wanted legitimacy, a little bit more legitimacy to this event, I would maybe expand the field and put the cut in there. Uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I also think it's like early season, so I don't know that these points mean that much, but at the same time, like, yeah, I I think it's fair. It's a fair criticism. Creating the best performing irons for every player means delivering on every aspect of performance. Whether you want effortless speed, exceptional feel, or precise control, the performance you're after has one name, the new T-Series irons from Titleist. Visit any Club Champion studio to find out how the Titleist T-Series can improve your game.
Um, so speaking of PGA Tour, we have the Player of the Year and the Rookie of the Year nominees announced. So that's the Nicholas and the Palmer Awards. Um, I mean, that's the names that you'd well, expect it to be. Well, if you're asking me, Victor Hovland should get Player of the Year. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, listen. Well, you just don't like Rory, and he's one well. Of I hate Rory. We'll <laughs> yeah. get into that. Uh, I really hate him. Oh, like, really? I mean, I really dislike him. Oh boy. Um, but I mean, like, when you look at like what he did in the events, you could say he had. Well, he had five more events than Rory did, but mm. he won the Tour Championship. He won the BMW Championship. He more. He won Memorial Tournament. I mean, he was fourth in scoring. Um, I mean. <sighs> Record total, nine top tens, did not miss a cut. Yeah. Rory, yeah, he had 18, uh, he played 18 events. He won like two events, well, two on the PGA Tour, or maybe he only won one on the PGA Tour and one on, no, I think the, I think the Scottish Open's a PGA Tour. It counts, yeah, I think so. So he's only won twice. Um, He finished fourth. Uh, He he did finish ahead of, by two for scoring, but um, yeah, he, he missed a cut. Yeah. Actually, I think he missed two cuts. So, I so I don't know. If I look at way. these like candidates, Wyndham Clark, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, all great names. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm going into who had player of the year, it's Victor Hovland for me. It'd be really funny if we gave it to John Rahm and then he said, peace, going to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, John had a good year. He didn't have his best year. Yeah. You know, uh, he finished 18th in the FedEx Cup. I mean, um, he was third in scoring. That's why he gets there. Um, he did. He still missed two cuts, too. Yeah. So, you know, when I look at all in, when I think of player of the year, I just think Victor Hovland got it this year. That's my, that's my, that's my, that's my cut. And then when you look at rookie of the year, this one gets a little harder. It's got to be Aberg, right? Well, yeah, Aberg, Cole, uh, Nico, Echeverria. I don't know if I said that. And Vincent Norman. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Forget Nico and Vincent, but it's really between Eric Cole and Aberg. And and to be honest with you, I agree. I think it's Aberg or am I saying Aberg? Uh, Aberg, Aberg. Yeah, Yeah, whatever. It's Ludwig. Yeah. This is a hard one between the two, honestly. Uh, Cole played, you know, he entered 37 events. Yeah, that's hard. Uh, he played a lot of events, and um, he uh, he did well. Uh, he made tw- he made 27 cuts. He had a seven top tens. Um, I mean, listen, he, he's right up there, 15th in scoring average. Aberg, on the other hand, or however we're <laughs> mispronouncing <laughs> his name, uh he had a win. Yeah. So I, I I think I have to give it to him. He has less events he played in because he didn't start till later in the season. Yeah. Um, his FedEx Cup wasn't quite as good. Um, you know, he didn't have as many top tens, stuff like that. But I think I think I'm gonna give it to him. And I think he's gonna be a stud down the road. hundred anyway. percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think you gotta give it to him, but um another Swedish guy. <laughs> yeah. So that that would be that's pretty funny that you would have a Norway a person from Norway that was player of the year and a rookie of the year was from Sweden. Be pretty that cool. Would be pretty cool. Yeah. Not going to lie. Um, we had a couple other fun things on tour that we can talk about. So Sammy Spieth, which is Jordan Spieth's son, um, absolutely trolled Jordan, um, kept <laughs> kept his ass humble. Um, somebody there, he was, Jordan was holding Sammy and somebody asked for Jordan's autograph and Sammy's like, what are you doing dad? And Jordan was like, I'm putting my name on this because he wants me to. And Sammy goes, why? Yeah. Like, absolutely <laughs> troll him. Wait, did he troll him, or he's just a young kid and doesn't even actually he's, get he it? He has no idea. Like, yeah. but it, but because it was caught on camera, it was kind of like, oh, your kid just kept your ass humble. <laughs> like, yeah. he does not know you're famous. No. <laughs> like, Which um, is kind of a great testament that they've done a good job of keeping, you know, grounded yeah. if you don't know your dad. He has I mean, no idea why somebody would ask for Jordan Spieth's autograph. Like, he right. doesn't get it, which was very, very cute. Highly recommend going and watching that video. 
Um, and then we also had a weird rules violation this week at the Hero. Um, so this is super confusing and you might be able to explain it better than I can, but Morikawa was assessed a two-stroke penalty because the before his round, his caddy used a level, like a level that you would use Yeah, in they house. use a level. Yeah. yeah, to to basically look yeah, at the slope of the green. Yeah, because it's eight point, so they do degrees. Yeah. So, like, some of these some of these pros sort of subscribe to the uh, aim point kind of thing, which does degrees of how much the pitch of the green is. Yep, so that's what he was doing. So that's, he was assessing basically the slope of the green and the pitch of the green, and... Which you can do in practice. Trumps. You're allowed to, but here's where the penalty comes in because he wrote it in, like he wrote it down in a book that Colin was going to be using in play. That was a violation. So you're allowed to use the level and you're allowed to have a greens book, but you're not allowed to write something down where you've used some other tool. I know. And that's so that's, dumb. Oh, and, and Fitzpatrick, that douche, you know, <laughs> he, he called him out on it. Yeah. It wasn't even that like, he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. I no. don't think. And then Matt Fitzpatrick calls him out on it. Like, I don't know. Like, shysty. You, listen, either you have, either you're going to have greens, like their book has the greens in there. Correct. So it's like, you either going to have the books or you're not going to have the books. Mm -hmm. You're going to have range finders. You're not going to have range finders. If he was sitting there measuring the green while he's actually playing golf. Okay. Get it. Players write notes in those things yeah. all the time. Caddies, I mean, if you watch practice rounds, they're going up and down every round. They're writing notes in here. This boom, 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 boom. And to have like that one degree, which by the way, it's not going to be that accurate. It's just an idea. Mm -hmm. And to have a player just call it out like, hey, you know what? I think I need to call this, this guy out. I don't know. That whole, I just, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Like that's. To me, it's, it'd be one thing, like, I would probably go, because I know it doesn't matter at the end of the day that much. I would have been to Matt Fitzpatrick. I would have said, you know, at the end of the round, I'd be like, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Take that out. But, like, keep it between you and Colin. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have just called him out in the middle of the round and been mm. like, Let me get this two-stroke penalty yeah. assessed to you. Just oh. kind of seems petty. Like, yeah. I'm sure Morikawa hates Matt Fitzpatrick now. <laughs> yeah. um, and I would, too. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, was he, were you having that bad of a day that that little, like, it's not, that did not ultimately would have changed the outcome of anything. If this was Patrick Reed and he was actively cheating. That's one thing. But I, yeah. Colin wasn't even the one who wrote it in the Greens book. His caddy did. Like, it's a whole thing. It's yeah. I just, I had never heard that rule. I knew you couldn't do it. I didn't know you couldn't write it. I'm guessing they might not have known that. I have mm. no idea. Or maybe they did and they thought they'd get away with it. But Fitzpatrick said, nah, son, not today. Yeah, it just <laughs> seems weird. I don't know. That was dumb. And then um, we also had, so on, on Live, they've completed their first trade. Um, so pretty much ever since they started with their teams, everybody's kind of stayed on their teams, but now they've done an interleague trade. Carlos Ortiz has gone to the Torque um, Golf Club, which is interesting. So they basically flip-flopped players. That's really the only change that's going to be happening going into this next season. Everybody else has pretty much stayed the same, unless John Rahm does show up one day. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of tend to believe that John Rahm is going to make the jump. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's just, it may, makes sense. He's an international guy, lives more international. The cash is there. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell, you know, John already backed out of the TGL league, like, which tells me maybe like, hey, I, I've had a good run. Maybe I want to have a little bit more time, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. Plus, you know, he's homeboys with Mickelson because they both went to ASU. You know, it's just it, it, it would make sense if he did it. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, be interesting to see whose team he lands on if he does. Show well, up. there's there would be another team. You think so? Oh, yeah. Like Either somebody captain. would get kicked out and he would like 
he would be he he would have to. There's no way he's going there without owning the team. Yeah, he's the big. He would be the biggest name. So they, he would have to have his own team, or they would say you're taking over this team oh. and. You know, some no name. Can you imagine the shit fit Bryson would throw if Bryson's the one that got booted? Yeah, oh yeah, but that would never happen because Bryson right now is they're like one of their top dogs. He's a big boy, yeah. Yeah, him and Dustin are their top their top two team owners. So like it would be like I don't know. I think there's like Lee Westwood or somebody owns a team or something like that. I love Westy. Why we gotta hate? I don't know. I'm just saying there would it would be somebody who's a little bit more dried up for lack of better terms. Yeah. Um, than that, but there's no way he's not go. He's going to be on a team. He's going to have his own team Ownership, because yeah. you know their whole goal. You know, I've talked to those guys a couple different times now, and their whole goal, and I, I think they'll get there eventually, is to sell the teams. He's basically become franchises, mm. and just like you, the sports started a long time ago, whether you're the Chicago Bulls or the Chicago Blackhawks, people buy them. It's a team you hold on to. There's equity, there's marketing, there's all these things you can sell it to. And eventually, you know, you turn it over just like any franchise. And so I ultimately think in the long term, this will work. It's going to take a lot of time, just like anything, but it will work. And uh, there's no way John's going over there without owning his own team. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, Shifting gears into your absolute favorite person on the planet. And we are going to talk about the golf ball rollback in our questions. So I don't want to get too far into this, but Rory weighed in along with a ton of other golfers. Twitter has just been absolutely lit with this. Because Rory, one of the top players in the world is so in tune with the average golfer. Oh man, you got some takes, huh? Yeah. I, I mean, well, like you said, we're going to talk about this in the first question. So I don't want to get too far into it. His response but, just for our listeners was yeah. that, you know, he tweeted out and he was like, I, I don't think that this rollback is going to materially affect the game of an average golfer. If you're giving up anywhere from eight to 10 yards off the tee, it's not going to make And that is exactly the reason why I started this business 25 years ago is because of assholes like him (laughs) that don't understand anything about the average golfer and how they play the game and what the game means to them. And if you don't think I could push this back on Rory, I would love to stand in front of Rory and go, okay, let me take 10 yards away from you and show you what happened to your PGA tour stats. Yeah, for 10 years ago, yeah. okay? Let me show you your stats 10 years ago and your stats today for with 10 less yards. That only magnifies to the average golfer. Yeah. That only gets worse. Yeah. And so you can't tell me that the average golfer that's already struggling to get better and all those things is going to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I hit the ball 220. It's okay that I hit it 210. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. You know, I saw some other jag online um he's like for one of these magazines um i will i'll leave his name but he's like a club builder he's like a online personality for one of these magazines or whatever and he sat there and he he drew five irons on four irons and whatever and he goes i'll just solve it this way you don't understand the difference between hitting one more club in the green right it's like 10 feet in a lot of, in the average golfer, the average USGA handicap is 17. So majority of our golfers are above a 17 handicap. Mm-hmm. 10 feet is the difference between a two putt and a four putt sometimes. Yep. So I'm like, I cringe at this. Like it, it makes me so like golf has had such a boost. It's had such a good run. I do not understand 
why we're doing it. What I would say, I, I agree with you. I think 10, you, uh, 10 feet, 10 yards, either way, that's a lot of opportunity, especially for an amateur golfer. I think it is different in the pros. I think that they have more tools in their tool belt to be able to overcome that. And I think that there is a, a skill set that has been lost a little bit with the bombers like Bryson. But who cares? Well, it's that's my do. point. That's my point to people. I don't know. I don't think it does. So like they, like Rory, for example, or some of these others, they'll be like, well, we've made some courses obsolete. Like, okay. let's, I heard somebody use Pine Valley as a discussion. Okay. Are you fucking kidding me? If I go watch Rory McIlroy shoot 40 under it at Pinehurst or shoot 40 over Pinehurst because we lengthened or shortened the course, do you think I really give a shit? Hmm. I don't. And I don't believe many golfers do. They just love that a bunch of great golfers are playing a classic golf course. Mm -hmm. Like, I almost want to see them take it over the corner on the first hole of Pinehurst. That would be awesome like it'd be so cool to see how they would play that i don't buy that argument i think it's a ridiculous argument i also don't think like you look scotty scheffler has been the number one player in the world for a while now well i mean you could argue he's been in and out sure, but sure. whatever not the longest player out there mm -hmm. i mean a lot of the longest players are not the best players in the world so i just don't understand this i do agree distance helps the game be easier 100 percent does it solve everything? No. Does it make golf courses obsolete? In my opinion, no. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I, and listen, they're going to throw a bunch of data at you and anybody can throw a bunch of data at you to prove their point to you. Um, and you'll be like a simple person would just look at it and go, oh, that makes sense. No, they should throw me every piece of data and I'll show you how they're selling it to you. Yeah, well, I think that's also part of his argument, though, because they talked about this a few years ago, and it was a in his, in his words. I'm not saying this is true, but in his words, it was the equipment companies, in particular the golf ball companies, that pushed back because they were like, "Well, we have to be able to sell the exact same product to you that we sell to the the amateur." Well, and, and I don't like, disagree okay, with that because yeah. me as a hardcore golfer, one of the luxuries, and I think I've said this on a past podcast, one of the great things that I do. Um, that I love about golf is that I play the same stuff as the tour. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I have the same opportunity as the tour to be the best golfer I can be. Now, Rory makes a stupid comment and he goes, Oh, you know, you think you would play the same stuff as me? Rory, again, fuck off. You're, <laughs> you're, you're an anomaly that they make golf clubs for you. By the way, your golf clubs, your blades aren't that much different than the blade I can buy anyway. So it's not like you, your golf clubs are hotter or your golf clubs are this. In fact, if anything, there's, I always tell people, everybody wants tour equipment. Mm -hmm. I go, why? Tour equipment's actually tested. Like every head is tested because they have to have tested. So you know it's at the limit where when they do production product, you never know. odds are <laughs> they're going to skirt it as close because they know there's a tolerance and they're going to, some of those heads are more likely to come out non-conforming than conforming, but nobody's going to know the difference, right? right? So when you say that, it's such a squirmy lie kind of deception. It's, it's, it's no, no, we play the same product as you, Rory. We do it. it, it no, our name isn't on it. Cause we're not Rory, but we play, we can play a set of blades and a set of blades, a set of blades I have and a set of blades you have. Yeah. There's a little difference in waiting. They made it specific for you put your name on it, but still properly fit set of blades. It's just the same. So again, I just don't, there's nothing like it. it just drives me nuts. Leave the game fucking alone. Just let people play golf and get better. This is stupid. We went through the whole wedge thing, whatever. I, I did that 15 years ago or whatever it was now where they rolled back the wedge grooves. Guess what? Wedges are spending more now than they ever did mm -hmm. because they'll just find ways around it. Yeah. And all it's going to do is cost, listen, I should be the one 
it, me and you, Cassie, we're in the business of selling golf balls. We should be praising this like this is the greatest thing ever because you're going to know why. We're going to sell more golf balls because we have to buy it. And here's the other thing. When they roll back this ball, all your clubs become obsolete. We got to refit all 14 clubs in your bag because the ball is going to spin differently. The ball is going to react differently out the face for ball speeds, all that stuff. We're going to have to find a whole new fit for you. So you're going to have to buy a whole new set of golf clubs. So I always tell people, you follow the money, you'll find out who's behind this. Somebody is find behind this, and there's money being pushed somewhere to push this because they think that there's going to be money in it. That was like half of the answer of the question we're going to get into. So. <laughs> We'll put a pin in that. We'll come back yeah. to it. Um, aside from that, not a ton of other news on tour. Obviously, that is the big story, though, at the moment. So let's shift into some club champion news and updates. Um, talk to us about demos if we have any. Uh, we don't have any new demos that went out right now, but obviously we, we are starting to get in some of the new product that will be launching in January. So uh, we're already going to start building that, and it's looking like we're going to have everything for its launches, uh, which is nice to have, to have all that kind of get going. So basically no demos, but I do like to get people to get excited that the new stuff is on its way. But again, it'll be the first part of the year. Cool. Um, we also, the only other news we really have, because we're in kind of a lull with new stores for the moment. Why? We just opened a new one yesterday and we got a new one opening tomorrow. We already talked about them though. We, we did? Yeah, go ahead. Got, got oh, we, I guess we did. I guess the last one, but they're officially open. Yep. So wait, I don't even, now my brain is going to go. We got, uh, who opened yesterday? Uh, well, one of them's Marco Island. I can't remember no, which Marco's, day was which. Marco's the seventh. That's, that's tomorrow. Yep. So, well, sorry, this will come out Friday. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it'll on Friday, Marco Island will be officially <laughs> open. Um, and then, uh, oh, my brain, Asheville. Asheville. Which we've only yeah. been trying to uh, open for a year. Yeah, we keep talking about it, which was, I was like, is it open? Is it not open? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, uh, permitting and whatever, which is weird, because when I think of North Carolina, I think of pretty open country. But uh, anyway, the Asheville one finally opened yesterday, Tuesday, the, uh, the 5th. So uh, this week, officially, those two are open. And we still have two more to open before the end of the year. Yep. Which we'll probably gonna, be talking about maybe on the next podcast. I was going to say, which we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll probably have some more info on those. We also had, um, we had talked on our last podcast about our quote unquote Black Friday or Cyber Monday offer. We did extend it through Christmas. So um, it just, people were excited about it and the dates and whatnot. They wanted a little more flexibility. So we, we were working with the customers on that. We're extending it through Christmas. It's the $100 full bag with purchase or $50 any other fitting type with purchase. Um, and then we're also extending our 20% bonus on all gift card purchases. So if you need like a last minute golf gift, or if you just kind of want to treat yourself, there's Listen, an opportunity. Uh, I've, I've had this company for 25 years. Uh, this is the most aggressive we've ever been. Um, obviously the reason why is because we've had a great run during COVID. Um, obviously the economy does not the best. That being said, we're golfers. <laughs> we spend our money where our passion is, and that's on golf. We want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to get in and get fit over this winter. Um, even if the interest rates are high, we can help you. So, you know, I tell everyone, we're giving you the advantage of getting in, get fit, and get a great deal while doing it. Um, and again, it's running through, what, Christmas, you said? Yep. And so, and then after that, it's back to the, it's back to the same old, same old. Back so same get old, in, old. take advantage of it. And then when the new stuff comes out, it's, uh, it is what it is, but, um, what, you know, your swing right now, you know, everything about your game right now, get in and do it. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Let's shift into some yays and nays. This week's episode is sponsored by our friends at Ping. The season may be winding down, but it's never too late to get fit for a new Ping G430 driver. If you want more ball speed, more forgiveness, and more fairways hit, schedule a club champion fitting today and see which Ping driver best fits your game. 
All right, this first one is super interesting. I have a take. I bet you will too. Yay or nay, fully lit golf courses. Huge fan. It's done in Asia a ton. Can't believe it's taken this long really to get to the United States. There's been some par three golf courses I've played uh, around the country that are lit up at night and pretty fun. Uh, I like doing it when I'm in those areas. Um, the more and more, but I mean, like you go to like Korea, Japan, they have fully lit 18 hole golf courses. Oh, really? And it's sick. And um, I, I've never played them, but I've seen pictures, videos, whatever. I can't believe it's taken this long for us to get to a more of a big boy lit golf course. Yeah, this is so the first 18 hole full golf course that's lit is um, in Arizona just opened. It's sold out its first weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like I would do it. My life is chaos. I got three kids under seven. I got a business. I got two. I got a farm. I got all this stuff like golf is tough for me. If you told me, hey, at eight o'clock at night, I could go play nine holes or 18 holes on the lights. Yeah, I'm in. I 100% agree. I'm a huge yay on this because, first of all, I'm not really an early riser. And I feel like for me, a lot of the anxiety comes with like knowing people are following and stuff like that and like want to play through and all that. I think if I were to go in the evening, I'm already awake. I'm not tired. I'm not cranky. (laughs) Like it's a good like stress relief. And there probably aren't as many people at that hour. Um, You know, this opening weekend notwithstanding, obviously they sold out. But I feel like most people aren't trying to play golf at seven o'clock it would be great yeah I, I just think it's not that big of an investment if you were to do it properly i mean it's an investment but i mean it can be done not that it doesn't have to be crazy expensive and i like top golfs and things like that i do think it helps bring some people to the game but i think you're going to see that world kind of collapse not collapse but contract a little because at the end of the day it's expensive and it's not it's it's kind of like i call it bowling it's what it is <laughs> um this to me is a, a legitimate way to another, like a more legitimate, even bigger way to grow the game because it opens up the problem we have, which is the time crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, and you get to actually play the game. Like, I don't really like to just go hit balls. Yeah. So I like sim golf. I think sim golf makes sense, but you can only get, you get a little tired of that. It gets stale. This being able to be outside, you know, actually play the game. Yeah, there's some gotchas because it's when it's fully lit. I don't know if people have ever played, like even I've played par threes, you get dark spots. So it's like, you know, whatever. But again, I'm outside. It's fun. You know, it's whatever. It's, it's, it's extends the day. As long as it's not a golf course that's lined by houses. Cause that would be bogus. Right. <laughs> if you just had like stadium lights in your backyard. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to work No, And it made sense to do it in Arizona. I think it would make sense where you can play golf year round a little bit more because mm-hmm. of the investment you're going to make. Um, plus the weather, it stays warmer at night there. Cause even in this, I mean, we only have probably here in Illinois, probably four months of the year that it's warm enough at night that you're really going to want to do this. Sure. Maybe you could squeeze out a fifth, but probably four. But in the South, this makes complete sense where it stays yeah. warm year round, in night, West, 24 yeah. hours a day. Both big yays on that one. I thought you would be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yay or nay, X Golf's free beer promotion for the Iowa game. Did you see this? <laughs> well, I did because I bet on the Iowa game. Did you? Well, here's the thing. So uh, uh, I got a good friend that uh, is a huge Iowa. He graduated from Iowa, a huge supporter of Iowa's athletics, huge donor, all these things, bleeds Iowa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have made a living this year off Iowa unders because they literally <laughs> cannot score a touchdown. Okay. So when I read this article, I'm like, well, they're going to be giving beer the whole, whole game. game. And, and they, they did. did. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I mean, yeah, basically they, you get free beer until Iowa scored a touchdown and they did against Michigan in the big 10 championship. I'm like, yeah, that ain't happening. 
I took I took Iowa plus 22 and a half points. And my only hope was that it turned out to be 21, 21, zero or 21, three or 24, three. And then I would cover and that didn't even happen. <laughs> so, I mean, they're just they can't. I always got a good defense. They have a terrible offense. They cannot score or move the ball. Uh, they might, they, the article actually said they didn't go bankrupt, but I was joking. I mean, Iowans can drink some beer. Yeah. And if you get a whole game where you can just drink as much beer as you want. But again, I guess they were probably hoping that people were coming in paying for X golf and doing that. And like food and everything else too. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, my favorite tweet that I saw about it, they, somebody tweeted what the offer was and it was like basically a free blackout. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Amazing. Uh, big yay. I think it was super fun and good, good for you, X-Golf, for, you know, playing your, your local market the way that you did. All right. Yay or nay, reverse mulligans. Have you ever heard of this? So a reverse mulligan is if you're playing with reverse mulligans, it means that anybody in the round can take a mulligan whenever they want. But that means for every mulligan you take, your playing partner can pull a reverse mulligan, which means if you make a really good shot, they can say you have to replay. So I've heard different versions of this game. We play a game called Chelligans. Okay, so every player gets a mulligan. So you play the the front nines for a point, the back nines for a point, the totals for a point. So there's three total points. Every beer you drink is a point as well. So if you're not a great golfer, you can make up points on beers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but here's the kicker. You could take a mulligan, one mulligan per nine, um, but you have to you have to chug a beer before you take the shot, and that beer does not count towards your point. We also, in this game, you get one reverse chelligan a nine. So if you make a 30 foot birdie putt, I can chug a beer. I don't get a point for that beer and make you reputt your 30. Stop. Yeah. So same idea. Same idea. Yeah. But with beers. But with beers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would die. <laughs> well, A, I'm not a drinker, but B, I would I would be deceased. Uh, so I, it sounds like you're a yay then. You like this. I, I like things so like anytime, like this is, these are not games you would play all the time. Sure. But for to occasionally mix it up, you know where I think games like this work out sometimes well is when you don't have an even playing field. So like you have some good golfers in your group, you have some bad golfers in your group. I think it, I think it makes for some more uniqueness to it mm -hmm. because they, the bad player can take something away from the good player. Yeah. Now that can happen vice versa, but the reality is, is the good player is going to have a harder time of taking something away and odds are they might have a better chance the second time around. Yeah, so. exactly. I, that's what I was going to say. So I, from a yay or nay concept, I'm a yay because I think this is super fun. It's a game that you might play if you're like out with your, you know, significant other or your dad or whatever. And it's not like a competitive round, of course. Um, so I'm a yay in that concept, but as a person who's not a very good golfer, it's so rare when I have a shot where I'm like, ah, oh, I hit it within yeah. five feet. Like, that would be the one where my husband was like, reverse. I'm going to throw this Uno card down and get your ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would be so upset. So I would not enjoy it happening to me, but I, I like it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've played this. Like I said, uh, I had an old business partner that taught us, uh, taught me that Chelligan's game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, at first I was like, this is nuts. And then as it happens, you're like, you know what? The chaos of it is great. Yeah. <laughs> You, you got to get over it. You're like, whatever. <laughs> like, fine. It almost like I play into it. I'm like, fine, I'll do it again. <laughs> I get angry about it. Yeah. Um, that sounds super fun. So I'm going to give it a yay. Yay or nay, white elephant gifts. Like a so, grab bag. So of. that's like a grab bag kind yeah. of thing. Uh, sure. I don't know. Seems like a waste. Do you to me. ever you do you ever do it with your family? Yeah, uh, my wife's side of the family does something like this, but we try to make it very like. They're not serious. So no, no, no. You might, yeah, get, not. You might yeah. get like a loofah 
Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you might get like a box of tampons or something. Okay, so you like, guys go whimsical. Yeah, whimsical, very whimsical. Usually, people just find stuff in their cabinets, wrap it up, and just put it in there, and it and it turns into being something kind of funny. So. Um, I guess it's fine. I so I'll give it a yay. Uh, my husband's family also does it just because they there's so many cousins that like when we all get together for Christmas Eve, which is usually that side of the family, there's just no way you can have a gift for everyone. It's it's impossible. So we do the grab bag thing and the white elephant thing, but we do it a little bit differently. We put like a twenty or twenty five dollar limit on it, but we kind of go the same way as you, where it's a little bit whimsical. So like just examples of gifts I've brought in the past, we've done like chia pets, okay. we've done like Nerf guns. Uh, uh, onesies, like adult onesies. Yeah. Like, so it's still fun, but because there's that $25 limit, nobody's like going through their cabinets and pulling out. See, that's another problem. I can't stick to limits. Really? I'm bad. Because <laughs> here's why. Because if I'm going to do something, I mean, I think you know this, but probably the listeners get a sense of it too. When I do something, I kind of do something. Like, I don't yeah. like it. So, like, when my wife's like, well, that's, a, we're only supposed to spend 20, 25 bucks. I'm like, I don't care. I want that. It's 50 bucks. Just put it in there. Oh, yeah. So because I, I, I once I get over. something in my head that, like, this is like, going to be the gift. I'm like, I don't care about the money part of it as much. I mean, I do, but my point is, is I want that gift yeah. and I want somebody to open it. And I want to see the reaction because that might be worth more than the gift they're getting. That's fair. The, yeah. the feeling I get when they see that and like, what the, f <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that's cool. I'm a yay. I think it's super fun. I kind of wish that we did it a little, there's too many people here now, but I think when club champion was smaller, it would have been cool if we did this. Um, but yes, it's a, it's a super fun tradition for those of us who are able to do it. And then lastly, Yay or nay, inflatable Halloween decor. So I said Halloween. You can tell who I am as a person. Yeah, I was inflatable say, holiday, holiday decorations. <laughs> yeah, in general, I'm not as, uh, they're fine, whatever. I feel like they only work and they tip over a lot. And there's just, they're kind of a pain in the ass, but they're fine. I'm a huge nay. Okay. I think they're tacky as shit. Well, uh, I, I tend to agree. There there yeah. are some nicer ones. There can be. Yes. Yeah. But and generally as I, speaking, they're tacky. As I just said, Halloween. Like I, I don't even really decorate for Christmas anyway, if I'm being honest. Um, but even for Halloween, like you get some of the like the blow up like Oogie Boogie from yeah. Nightmare. I was like, that's so tacky. It's not scary. It's no, weird. It's, it's it's yeah, it's weird. It can be done correctly. I tried one once. We bought like a, a Santa or something or uh But then they fall over and look good. It just kept falling over and I'm like I finally just threw it away. I'm like done with this thing. Big nay. All right. Three questions. We already talked about question number one. So let's get a little bit more into the fitting philosophy side. How does the proposed golf ball rollback change our fitting philosophy? If all, if well, all? we don't nothing. It won't. It actually plays into our fitting philosophy, but, uh, I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't know if anybody truly knows the ins and outs of what will happen to the golf ball. I'm sure there is somewhere, but yeah, you know what we've read and actually know would be a fact. Again, it's going to change the, the the way the ball reacts off the face, so ball speed. Mm -hmm. And by the way, different faces work differently for different folks on ball speed. And then it's going to spin differently. So these two things are kind of very, 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 very important to fitting. Um, and so that's my point is, is you are now going to have to change, like, we're just going to have to cha change the clubs you have in your bag to accommodate that. Sure. And so that's what's going to be the, what people aren't understanding. Like you, you will sit that. And that's where I think Rory doesn't understand. Like in a vacuum, he may be correct, but we don't golf in vacuums. We have golf clubs. And so depending on the golfer and depending on the golf clubs they have, and depending on how this golf ball is, you know, changed, People are going to have to adjust their clubs to make it to get back what they lost or just keep 
at whatever physics says you can be. And so our fitting philosophy won't change. We're just going to have to refit a bunch of people to this golf ball. Jeez. It just, it feels like it's more effort than it's worth. Well, that's, I totally, that's my point is it's like, you're just like, this is a, this is a line I like to use a lot because a lot of people do it. You know, there, if you remember, there's like a lot of psychology classes and stuff. If you took them in college and stuff and they always showed you the mouse or the rat that runs through the maze, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, all they're doing here is changing the exit of the of the maze. Like they didn't redo the maze. They didn't like change the maze. The rat's just going to exit at a different spot. Like and so that's why I'm saying is, is when I look at this, I just still you need to somebody needs to look me in the eye and tell me exactly what they think they're accomplishing with this rule. Right. Because otherwise you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to convince me that this isn't, there isn't money somewhere. Maybe it's the big equipment manufacturers. Maybe they are wanting to do this. I keep hearing, I keep getting smoke like they don't like it. Hmm. Or do they? Because then that means they got to redevelop and they got new technology and new all. And now they're going to sell a bunch of clubs. Because listen, folks, they're getting to where it's getting harder and harder to show gains every year. So like, is this them basically trying to reset the paradigm? Like, this is what it is. And so I, I don't know. Again, I probably sound like I got a tinfoil hat and a conspiracy theory, but I'm pretty ears to the ground in golf. And like, I just understand how golf balls fly and how this whole thing works. And I just don't, I can't put it together, but it will not change our fitting philosophy whatsoever. It's still, it's still a math equation. Mm-hmm. It's launch, spin, ball speed, all that stuff. It's no different than a plane taking off, staying in the air. And so um, it's an equation. So to me, it, it just plays further into what we need. We do, which is you're going to have to get fit to optimize your game. Yep. All right. What is carbon bending in shafts and why does it matter? <laughs> well, I read this article and I still don't know if I understand what the hell this guy was talking about. I kind of get it. No, uh, I mean, I get what he's rough. saying, but it's, it's again, here's another, this is, this is all marketing crap. Like so it's just explain, we'll explain it for the listeners and then you can. Well, I don't, I honestly, I read the article. I still don't understand what the article is about. I don't understand what they were trying to plug. So basically long story short, they call carbon bending. Is that a shaft manufacturer they were talking about or something? Yeah. So basically the people who came up with FFT, which is essentially like the the next generation of Autoflex, they've come up with now the third generation, which is this carbon oh, bending process. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know. You hate all of that. Uh, 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 um, uh, but the long and short of it is it's basically you're manufacturing a shaft where um, weight, torque, and flex are all basically independent of oh, each other. like every shaft. Like every shaft. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Marketing. And the, and the way Yay. That, <laughs> the way that Go they do Go buy it, shit. <laughs> <laughs> is they put basically they're taking pieces of carbon and they're wrapping they're they're taking a shaft that should otherwise be like a softer flex and they're wrapping it in carbon and the way that it that's and again it's literally guys, shafts yeah guys can <laughs> I can I tell you she's she's telling you what the article it's literally is literally shafts but I'm just telling you. Uh, here's how I read the article and why I couldn't explain it. Bullshit, 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 marketing bullshit. I mean, a shaft is a shaft. It's a 46 inch tube made with pre-preg material, which is mostly carbon. And, and they wrap it different ways to create different structures, different flexes, different torques, and they're all independent of each other. (laughs) And then guess what? It gets marketed. Yep. Ego flex, auto scam, whatever the 
frick you want to call it. It's just a marketing ploy. It's a flex. It's a torque. It's a profile. Yes, they elongate some. Yes, they make some lighter. Yes, they do this. They do all that. But at the end of the day, it's just a shaft that you swing and there's a shaft that works for you. It's why you can read everything you want to read and you can take every recommendation under the sun on a shaft. But until you come into a store and listen, I hope you choose club champion, but I'm trying to be as sincere as possible. Unless you try a shaft, okay? And you see how that shaft performs for your swing, your body type, your everything, okay? You truly won't know how that shaft performs, okay? And all again, this is the mouse trap. They're changing the exits. There is that's the, before you thought you had to be in a certain weight. You thought you had to be in a certain flex. You thought you had to be in a certain torque. Let me tell you, folks, nobody measures torques the same way in the industry. Nobody measures flex in the same way. I've said that for 25 years. This is all crap. It's a shaft. It's a 46 inch carbon tube. They're all constructed a little differently and there's a right one for you. <laughs> what I ask of you, and this is where they're getting you, is that you just keep an open mind to when a fitter shows you something and a fitter has you test something and if it works, it works. I don't care if it says ladies on it or it says triple X on it. If it works, it works. I don't care if it says 2.0 torque or 7.0 torque. If it works, it works. I don't care if it says it has a profile that's stiff in the butt and soften and in the tip or vice versa. If it works, it works. That is plain and simple. All these shaft manufacturers are doing when they come up with this stuff is trying to get you out of that mold by marketing you something different. There is no difference. That Autoflex is no different than 99% of the 50 gram senior flex shafts I have on the wall in Club Champion today. I'm so glad I asked this question. Yeah, it, gets, <laughs> oh, it riles me up so much because I I know so much about shafts and how they're made, and you know those are my tightest friends in the industry. I've built my, I've made my own shafts. I, I mean, I just know the. <laughs> I was on an hour-long call yesterday with a shaft engineer just talking about shaft profiles and shaft main. It just doesn't work that way. There's no hidden nothing. There's no secret nothing. They're just, re yeah. <laughs> We're done. Okay. Next. If anybody is interested and wants to try to make sense of it, there's an article on, on Golf WRX about carbon bending. It's, uh, it's a doozy. And what Nick yeah, said is really all you need to know. Yeah, they'll get people to go buy shafts, but... Which is great. I want to buy. I want you to buy shafts, but I want you to buy a shaft that works for you, not because of some lame story. Yeah, so, agreed. All right, our fun question: Fuck Mary Kill Holiday Dessert Edition. My, my favorite. <laughs> I always love the Fuck Mary Kills, although I didn't think I'd be doing it for a dessert edition or for work. Yeah, well, I guess <laughs> like that's either true. way. Yeah. Um, okay, so Holiday Dessert Edition: Pumpkin pie, gingerbread cookies, red velvet cake. Go. Okay, uh, I'm going to kill pumpkin pie. Wow, not uh, where I thought this was going. Yeah, no, I, I'm not a big pumpkin pie person. So we're going to kill that. We're going to marry Revelvet Cake because she's she's just there all the time. She's perfect. You know, I could live with her the rest of my life and be very happy. And then um, I am going to, I guess I'm going to fuck gingerbread cookies. I don't really want to. <laughs> Is that a statement you ever thought you would yeah, say? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really like gingerbread cookies. I don't really like pumpkin pie either. Sounds like a hate fuck. Uh, I guess, yeah, <laughs> good point. I guess that might be what it is. I, I, I yeah, I, red velvet. <sighs> I really hope our CEO doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I, my wife, when she listens, she'll go, yeah, I knew you were going to kill pumpkin pie. I kind of want to kill gingerbread. Uh, you get one of each, my man. 
Yeah, I know. This is why I didn't put fruitcake on here because, like, the holiday oh, thing. Man. Like, you immediately I, You know what? That would actually have been easier because then I would have just said kill fruitcake. That's why it's not fun because yeah. yeah. it's an immediate kill. Okay, I'm going to kill. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill gingerbread cookies. I'm going to funk pumpkin pie because at least that might be kind of interesting. And then I'm going to marry red velvet cake. So, yeah. So, you're going to be kind of like mine. the, uh, what's the movie? Um, American Pie. American Pie. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. A, yeah. That, so, that version is mine. So, I, I would marry red velvet. I would uh, get jiggy with pumpkin pie and then I would kill gingerbread. Gingerbread cookies are so gross. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think there's, for me, there's a very discerning difference. If it's a softer gingerbread cookie, I'm in. Mm. When it's those hard gingerbread cookies, oh yeah, they're gross. It's like eating cardboard. Yeah, can't do are, it. It's like eating wood. But <laughs> they, um, but I, a soft gingerbread cookie I can do. But again, I'm not loving it. I think I came up with what you came up with. What I got to the conclusion is better. Yeah, it is. And to be honest with you, if any of these three desserts show up on my table on on the holidays, I'm not eating any of them anyway. So really? you're not eating red velvet cake? No, I'm not a huge like cake or pastry person. Yeah, well, I'm not a huge sweets person in general, but I do like a good red velvet. It's it, I do like it. My so our family always does like weird desserts. So we'll do like the pretzel je- pretzel jello, um, and like it's so good. And we'll do stuff like that. So it's never going to be these like classic desserts. But y- you we have pumpkin know. pie all the time. That's why it's funny. That's why I wanted to say kill because <laughs> we we it. live off pumpkin pie. I mean, everybody in my family loves it. My kids love it i'm the weirdo that's fair i don't love pumpkin pie so but i to your point could be i do like pumpkin things there's just something about pumpkin pie that doesn't do it for me i think this is we might be in the minority i think everybody loves pumpkin pie except us Um, All right. That's all we have for you guys this week. Next time you hear from us, we will have Bernard Garson from Garson Grips as our interview, and we'll get into some grip technology with you guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Fits with the Founder. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to support our show. And if you want more equipment content, check out Club Champion Media on all of your favorite socials.